0: We'll just call it found in the bushes 18 years later or something. We don't have a name for it either. Um, and I have absolutely no idea on a drink for today. Oh. So we'll see how that goes.
1: Be a good day for yeah. the stone fins, but we already did that one. I've got a lot of uh, Native American stories, if that helps spark some imagination.
0: I feel like I shouldn't make Native American stories. <laughs> <laughs> that feels wrong. <laughs> And I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: Naming a new flavor of cocaine after Florida.
0: I mean, that seems appropriate, honestly. <laughs>
1: everybody it's a booze and spirits podcast
0: i was i was gonna say that oh were you okay you can say it say it no never mind it's like a drink with death fuck you
1: (laughs) i was i expected you to say it a few times now but never did this is nick mcdonald expecting his sister to start the show and she did not so he just started it anyway
0: this is kate mcdonald drinking some room temperature vodka not enjoying her life right now but gotta do what you gotta do
1: chasing it with pepsi
0: don't judge me (laughs) You know what'll stop my alcoholism? Only pregnancy, apparently.
1: <laughs> just had a look on your face like you regret all your decisions, so there's no point in making decisions you don't regret now.
0: That about sums it up. Yep. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Yeah,
0: you want me to do something stupid? I'll do it.
1: <laughs> Make you sick? Make I just, you stupid? I, I
0: just got to stay alive because I, I have a filthy farm bait that I, you know. I'm pretty fond of.
1: Filthy farm, baby.
0: Filthy farm, baby. He's he been, has
1: been downgraded or upgraded from forager? <laughs>
0: well, he does that too still, but, uh, so we had a tree cut down this week because it was falling apart, and then we tilled that part of the lawn and put down new grass seeds so there's, like, fresh, chunky dirt, and he's also discovered a bag of soil in the greenhouse, so he's literally just been taking a handful of soil at a time, tossing it places. Uh-huh. And a lot of it ends up in his hair.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, it's a whole thing. Filthy farm baby, right now.
1: Well, we survived vacation.
0: Or barely, TV.
1: barely. <laughs> I forget if I sent you the thing that says about three days in a family vacation, you start to understand Chris Benoit.
0: Oh wow, that joke that that was too soon, bro. Too <laughs>
1: soon. Was it? I made a nine eleven joke yesterday. Kevin's not pleased with me.
0: <laughs> that. Yeah, probably just poor timing. Um I'm now obsessed with Columbia, California.
1: Yeah, I was telling somebody about that because I said, oh, I was telling them about Yosemite. There, oh, I really want to go to Yosemite. I said, well, if you do, go to Columbia because that shit's awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh Sean and I decided Murphy's would be a good place to go back, sans children. Because mm-hmm. there's so many wineries and tasting rooms on that, like, one little main street mm. that if you had a sample at each one, a sample. I'm not talking a glass. I'm talking you did a taste. You'd be litty <laughs> lit. So you know that's on our to do list for later in life.
1: So I want to ask on a energy sensitive paranormal level. What did you think of Yosemite?
0: Well, I was incredibly car sick the whole time. Oh, so uh, I felt nauseous, uh-huh. and I don't know, the energy to me felt somehow really stale even though there was so many people
1: that's what i thought that's what i was gonna say like because like normally like if i go to like you know even if i'm just walking down the street like you can touch a tree and you can feel some energy off that i like sat and put my hand on a tree and there was just nothing like it like the whole area wanted nothing to do with people
0: yeah and i i'm willing to like let part of that be because the smoke was pretty heavy the day we were there so i thought maybe that was part of it well
1: we were above the smoke when i had that realization
0: yeah but no this the energy felt pretty stagnant there even though there was a lot going on
1: well and like the rocks had a lot of like energy but it was kind of counter energy like like i'm not entirely convinced that's not what made me sick
0: i mean yeah no i could definitely see like that forest not wanting to be the tourist trap it is
1: no no yeah <laughs> which is very bizarre like Yellowstone was very inviting I don't you know and that's the one where you know there's a geothermal event willing to kill you every 30 feet so
0: yeah no um I was okay with our Yosemite trip involving very little Yosemite
1: yeah yeah it wasn't well, and I didn't know it until we got there, too, but, like, so much of Yosemite is really a hiker's park. It's really not.
0: Yeah, no. Like,
1: like with Yellowstone, like, most of the big things you can drive up to and, like, you know, walk a quarter mile at most to get to. But, like, everything was at the end of a three to four mile trail there, which was not conducive to little kids. Yeah. Or people who are out of shape with quarantine bodies.
0: <laughs> my, uh, my little kid did enjoy playing in some they nice dirt there. They did have nice dirt at Yosemite mm. he enjoyed playing in. And then we stopped in that little town. There was a little town at the base of, the, like, the hill coming back into Sonora. You know, like...
1: Yeah, one of the little 200-people towns.
0: Yeah, and that gave... We stopped there because Killian was going crazy and let him run around at this playground we saw. And that little town gave me some very, like, concrete but yeah
1: i know exactly which one you're talking
0: about like I it didn't thing. it didn't look like concrete but it felt like i wasn't really wanted there yeah like shouldn't <laughs>
1: be here so and back to the missing 401 and back to yosemite there was a new story right after we got back of some family uh two parents and a baby and their dog and their dog was, and their dog that went out hiking and were found all dead with no apparent cause of death. So that just, there's another missing 411 for the area for right. that just
0: And they, I think after they did the autopsy, they still aren't sure. They sent people out in hazmat crews to look for like a noxious gas leak. Yeah, from they're the looking for noxious
1: gas. They had so a theory about toxic they, algae at one point. But the
0: last theory I saw. is like, oh, it must be toxic algae.
1: But they got nothing off the autopsy. I saw that they were, Hoping that the autopsy on the dog would give them something, but I don't know if that's been, uh,
0: yeah, I published seen yet or any not. Updates, but uh, yeah, usually people don't die with their dogs in forests. Usually, the dog somehow stays alive. Yeah,
1: usually, you know, a group of four things don't just drop dead for no reason at all.
0: <laughs> yeah, and they were saying that they were familiar with the area, like they had rental properties nearby because they love the area so much even no. though like, they lived in the bay area or something but yeah no uh no real reason for that to be happening <laughs> they could, uh, could surmise, so so
1: yosemite missing 411 just keeps uh being weird and uninviting the whole area should be corned off
0: so <laughs> well, you want to talk about some news stories
1: sure talk about some news stories inspired by our uh, vacation
0: mining mining stories
1: because we didn't really know what we were going to talk about. We we never did record anything because well the whole trip is a fucking hassle. Uh but we did decide, well, let's let's what do we want to talk about now? And uh we there's lots of mining things around in Yosemite, so we thought, well, let's find some mining stories. What wouldn't that be fun?
0: Well, and I went out of my way to not do a like Yosemite mining story. I was like reading about all the haunted hotels in the Sonora area and Yosemite area and Those were fun, but I I made myself fear off that path.
1: Yeah, you're better than me. (laughs) I stayed right there. Fair enough. One thing that we did is we went to visit the Moaning Caverns, and I didn't get to go into the Moaning Caverns because Rowan, our youngest, kind of had a panic attack about the claustrophobia because it's... You have to kind of squeeze down a few staircases to get to this landing area, and she freaked out at that point. And then even after you get to the, the landing, you have to go down like a 140-foot spiral staircase to get to the bottom.
0: <laughs> that was made out of like a World War I boat or something, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, I believe so. But uh, <laughs> so that was pretty intense. And she, I mean, like I said, she gave up before she even got to that point. So someone needed to stay with her, so I stayed behind. So I kind of missed the uh, caverns themselves. But they do get their name from a moaning sound that occasionally emanates from the cave. The Miwok people, a local tribe.
0: You didn't say Ewok. No,
1: I said Miwok.
0: (laughs) You were an indoor. You didn't even tell me?
1: (laughs) They had a legend about the cave being home to a stone giant named Yayali who lived in the cave and, and would lure people to their deaths with the noise. The cause of the noise, they believe now, is an erosion feature inside the cave where long holes eroded into the cavern floor. And when the wind blows across the floor, it's like a bunch of little bottles. Mm. And inside the large void area there, it gets amplified out. So they first thoroughly explored the moaning caverns during the gold rush. Here's where the miners come in, in the 1840s. Inside, they did not find any gold, but they did find a mound of human skeletons that had been accumulated over the past 12,000 years.
0: Huh. Like, literally a mound? Not just in a, like, scattering?
1: The things I was reading both said mound and, bo- and said scattered. So, okay. So, the, the cave showed no sign that anyone had voluntarily explored it up to that point. Like, they didn't find any torches or old ladders or anything. The speculation is that skeletons ended up there by either falling into the holes that were obscured by plants or, um, like I said, it's got kind of a squeeze through area at the beginning and then opens up to a larger hole. They think that maybe some people tried to explore it thinking it'd be real easy and then they got to a point where they just couldn't get back out. Most of the bones are scattered. They've been dispersed around. Very few complete skeletons have ever been recovered, okay. but the ones that were recovered indicate that the skeletons in there are not ancestors of the Miwok, mm-hmm. which, and the Miwok have lived there since Whiteman arrived in the area, so... I mean,
0: they've, uh, yeah, they've been there
1: a while. <laughs> so I'm not sure how far back that goes. They did find a old Mother of Pearl bracelet inside the cave that dated to about 8,000 years old. And also interesting, that shows, it's indicative of uh, trade between the local people there and, you know, coastal people and others over a large area. Interesting. So, I looked into uh, Yayali. I could only find one story about Yayali, so I was going to go ahead and tell that story. Okay. And it was weird because the story came up when I searched Yayali, but they never called him Yayali within the story itself. They just call him the Giant. The Giant was heard approaching through the hills by Chipmunk and his wife, so Chipmunk went to greet the traveler, thinking it might be his brothers. Instead, he found the Giant and saw the large basket on his back and decided to return home. Where are you going? asked the Giant. To my assembly house, replied Chipmunk. Go ahead, said the Giant. I will go with you. Upon reaching Chipmunk's house, Chipmunk tried to invite the Giant to go in, but the Giant replied, You are the owner of the house. You lead into your own house. I am not the owner. To avoid an argument, Chipmunk turned and entered, and as he did, the giant pulled a stone from his basket and threw it at Chipmunk's back, killing him. The giant entered the house and ordered Chipmunk's wife to help him bring in the meat. He made himself at home and married Chipmunk's wife. He cooked Chipmunk and ate him and insisted to Chipmunk's wife, You eat it. You eat it. The giant then left the home, blocking all the entrances with boulders so Chipmunk's wife could not escape. She dug a hole, hiding her daughter from Chipmunk in the hole and feeding her deer meat. She was afraid the giant would kill her daughter, and left her in there to keep her hidden. At sundown, the giant returned. In his basket, he had many people whom he had killed. He cooked them up and ate them, and insisted that chipmunk's wife eat too. Chipmunk's wife pretended to eat along with the giant, but instead she secretly ate deer meat. I think I am a very good husband indeed, said the giant. We have plenty of meat. More meat than your old husband brought. We will not starve. Then he danced and danced and stuck his large head through the house's smoke hole as he danced. He was unaware that Chipmunk had brought his wife plenty of deer meat, which she was able to use to feed herself and her daughter. For some time, this went on. The giant would leave to hunt, trapping Chipmunk's wife in the house. She would feed her daughter deer meat and keep her hidden. The giant would return with the people he killed, cook them up, and insist that she ate. She would always secretly eat deer meat instead. Then he would dance and stick his head through the smoke hole. Eventually, Chipmunk's wife bore the giant two sons, so she would have to wait until they slept and the giant left to hunt before she could feed her daughter.
0: That sounds
1: (laughs) painful. Chipmunk having a giant baby? Chipmunk's brothers below the hill would dream of him. One said, I will go and visit my brother. I had a dream that he was sick. When the brother arrived at the house, he asked his sister-in-law, Why are these boulders against the doors? The giant does it, she told him. He murdered your brother and closes the doors with those large boulders when he leaves. What of Chipmunk's daughter, the brother asked. When will the giant return? I have her hidden in a hole in the floor. I never let the giant see her. He often hunts long into the night. I do not expect him home until morning. Then he will cook the people he killed and dance and dance and stick his head through the roof's smoke hole. Chipmunk's brother told her that now is her chance to escape. The giant has many brothers and they may pursue you. Crush up obsidian into dust and if they get close, blow it into their eyes. Chipmunk's wife fled the house and his brother got to work. First he dug tunnels throughout the house in all directions with openings both inside and out. Then he got a manzanita stick and sharpened one side of it. He worked on it all night, and by morning it was very sharp. Chipmunk's brother waited outside the house until he saw the giant approaching. When the giant approached and saw Chipmunk's brother, the brother ran into the house. The giant was excited to have another victim and ran into the house. Inside, the giant found that the younger giants were dead, and their eyes had been gouged out and thrown into the fire. They were also stabbed in the ankles, where Chipmunk's wife revealed to Chipmunk's brother giant's hearts were located. And that's how that was presented in the story, too. It's just, oh yeah, by the way. The giants tried to catch Chipmunk's brother, but the brother was too quick and kept popping into one of his holes and popping out somewhere else. The giant was getting frustrated, and Chipmunk's brother called to him, You cannot catch me unless you dance. After you dance, I'll let you catch me. I want to see you dance first. The giant laughed because he loved to dance, and quickly began dancing.
0: Speaking of giants.
1: As the giant danced, Chipmunk's brother popped into a hole and came back out again. He quickly climbed to the roof of the house, and when the giant stuck his head through the smoke hole, Chipmunk's brother decapitated the giant with the manzanita stick, and the head rolled off the roof down the hill and landed near a stream. Chipmunk's brother then cut up the body and spread the meat in the trees and on the rocks and inside and out of the house. And that's about half the story, because it goes on from there. Like, the Giants brothers have a dream about the Giants, so they come to check out, and they find all the meat, and they think, oh, look at all the meat that our brother got, and they start eating it until they realize it is the Giant. And then they pursue the wife, and she throws the obsidian dust in their face and gets away, and it's, it, it, like I say, it just goes on and on and on and on. On and on and on. But it, I found this interesting, because I wasn't aware of, of too many Native stories about Giants. Like, I hear people bring up the Nephilim, and I thought that was just something that Judeo-Christian was tr- kind of dropping on top of Native Americans. But um, I guess there actually is quite a few giant stories I was able to track down. So, so the main stone giant myths I found came from the Northeast. Is that where the Iroquois are from? This is Iroquois. <laughs> they uh, talk about the Stonecoats, which are a 10-foot giant associated with winter and ice. They are man-eaters, and they're covered with stone scales that make them immune to normal weapons. Some say that they were cursed for eating human flesh, and the stone coat tail is similar to a lot of other tribes, like the Cherokees had the stone clads, the Abenakis had the Gawakwa, the Misaks had the Jinu. The Crees have the Wittico, and of course, everybody knows about the Wendigos, and all of those stories, they all share some variation of cannibalism and a curse and ice transformation, so that story is spread out pretty wide. In Tennessee, the Choctaw ran afoul of white giants called the Nahulo, and this is when the Choctaw first crossed the Mississippi. Uh, The Nahulo were supposed to be cannibals, and the Choctaw killed them whenever the opportunity arose. Interestingly, the word nahulo eventually went on to describe all white men in the Choctaw <laughs> language.
0: Are these the feral cannibals of which TikTok speaks?
1: I don't know. Just I hadn't considered that.
0: Probably um, not, but throw that out there.
1: In 1857, a uh, Comanche chief Rolling Thunder gave an account of a tribe of 10-foot-tall white men, far more rich and powerful than any white man living at the time. And they occupied a territory that stretched from sunrise to sunset, he said. So I don't know if that means the whole country or how long you can travel in a day. Anyway, they supposedly had fortifications on all the mountains that protected their vast cities located in the valleys. They excelled every other nation which was flourished, either before or since, in all manner of cunning handicraft, were brave and warlike, ruling over the land they had wrestled from ancient possessors with a high and haughty hand. Compared with them the pale faces of the present day were pygmies, in both art and arms. This race of white giants became too proud and forgot justice and mercy, so the great spirit wiped them out, leaving only mounds still visible on some table lands. The Navajo tell of the Starnaki, which was a regal race of white giants that had advanced mining technology dominating the West and enslaved lesser races with strongholds throughout the America. So that's real close to Rolling Thunder's story there. According to tale, they were either extinguished or they, quote, went back to the heavens.
0: Hmm.
1: This one's from South America, the Manta people of Peru they tell of large white men who arrived in giant reed boats and stood so tall that an ordinary man would only come up to their knee. But reportedly, they had revolting sexual habits, and heaven wiped them out because of it.
0: Ah. <laughs> they were so sodomites. Got it.
1: Last, I believe this is pronounced Sitikas. It might be sitikas I think it's Sitikas. The Paiutes had an oral tradition of the sitikas Ten-foot-tall white cannibals with red hair who lived near Lovelock Cave. Uh, That was before the Paiutes were wiped out by explorer Joseph Walker in 1833. Explorers to Lovelock Cave have reported finding evidence of human bones cracked open to get at the marrow within the cave, as well as the bodies of humans with red hair, though it is possible uh, under the right conditions for black hair to turn red over time. The bodies were found mummified under four feet of bat guano, but they did reach a height of up to six foot six, which is... Exceptionally tall for a native tribe.
0: Yeah,
1: not to say that they never got that tall, it just was very uncommon. So that's what I found about. It was it was a little bit of a side tangent from mining. I mean, yeah. it, it started As with a do. mine. It started with a mine, and it spilled into stone giants of native lore.
0: One of us went on a tangent.
1: No, I know, right?
0: It's so practically weird.
1: required at this point.
0: So Weird. <laughs> um, well, I don't know if you remember the story when. I was little and I was at Grammy and Grampy's house a lot to get babysat. Uh Grandma used to go do her like Mormon stop at everybody's house stuff. Uh They had these friends, this couple, they were the sweetest people. I don't remember their names, but the husband had been, I think, a geologist, but maybe he was just a miner or something along those lines. But he would like, would show me all the stuff he found. Uh But he didn't have all the stuff anymore, and, like, he had all these cool rocks and things, and he was telling us one time that he found what was, like, could only be described as, like, a, what you would picture a Viking helmet being. hmm But it was designed for a giant. <laughs> and it was confiscated when he found it. Oh. So. Well,
1: and, and something about the Sitakas, or Sitakas, they. uh. There are a lot of people who have some speculation that the government showed up and covered up any instance of giants hidden there. And I have heard, I have seen lots of, you know, the paranormal sheets talk of native giants that have been found and then covered up or moved or hidden, things like that.
0: Interesting. Well, I mean, they did find, I think it was Anthropisticus gigantis. It's mm-hmm. like a giant species of human, they're starting to find some fossil evidence of well humanoid, not an anthropod, it's not a yeah not a modern human, but you know those are supposed to be i think like seven plus feet tall mm-hmm. It's been a while since I took an anthropology class, but
1: well, an interesting thing to me about the those, Peruvian-
0: and I think those were in Asia Okay, go on.
1: An interesting thing to me about the Peruvian one is that also dovetails with some of the tales that Graham Hancock has put forth in Fingerprints of the Gods and his research into a forgotten civilization that spanned the globe. Like, a lot of South American tribes have stories of white men arriving on reed rafts that had advanced technology. Well... Did you stay more on task than I did? Ish. I didn't go too far off task. I mean, we've been more off task before.
0: For real. Um, so you mentioned the Paiute, which transitions nicely into my story. <laughs> so I um, found out about the Hell Dogs or Hell Hounds. They're called both. Usually it looks like they're the Hell Dogs. The Hell Dogs of El Dorado Canyon. Ooh. El Dorado Canyon is in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Um, it was originally the home of Paiutes and the Mojave Tribes it gained a reputation for being full of gold. So the Spanish conquistadors came like piling over to get it. Um, Is that
1: one of those locations that got the reputation, but never had any, or did they actually, or do um, you know? Because I feel like a lot of those stories, like the, hey, we're going to go there and pillage all the gold, and like they always I ended up with not much.
0: believe...
1: Like, I know they raided the Aztecs for a ton of gold, but I feel like a lot of those legends just went nowhere.
0: So I think that there was some gold. It's not the gold they thought that would be there, but there mm-hmm. was, it's called the salvage vein, which was mm. the motherlode there. But by the, you know, mid-1800s, gold prospectors were showing up there, and it insinuated in these stories, I found, that the miners that were showing up there were kind of the, even sketchier than, you know, the regular miners.
1: <laughs> you get sketchy for a minor. I
0: don't know. But that's what's <laughs> insinuated in these stories. So a lot of them were on the run from the cops or civil war deserters, you know.
1: Sketchy for a minor. Like sketchy for a like, minor. Instead of fighting dogs, that are having like a Jew fight. I don't even understand.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway... There was a lot of murders, a lot of gunfights going on in this canyon, and then there was also, since this was happening around the time of the Civil War, the Northerners and the Southerners that didn't both ended up in this area were, like, fighting, and the Native American tribes were still running raids. You know, it just, it was a thing. There was no lawmen coming
1: it was a Donnybrook. It was a real slobber knocker.
0: <laughs> but the Texas Rangers were not going to go up there, you know. the inf- mm. Everybody's busy. <laughs> they don't want to deal with that shit. It's like, let them kill each other and we'll we'll deal with it later.
1: <laughs> we'll deal with the survivor after they figure it yeah. out. Yeah.
0: It did say occasionally federal troops would come through, but not very often. And then finally they put a military outpost there, essentially to protect the steamboat traffic that was going along the Colorado River. Mm. And not to keep the miners from fighting each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: There's no reason to stop the miners. I mean that gold all made it into the general economy eventually. Yep. So didn't matter who brought it.
0: So the Tychatticup mine is one of the more prominent mines there and it, it produced more than two and a half million dollars worth of gold, silver, and copper and lead, and it closed in nineteen forty five. There's supposed to be like human ghost stories of this canyon. But there's uh-huh. also These hell dogs. Some people think they're demonic. Some people just think they're the ghosts of these dogs. But a lot of the miners would bring dogs, basically tie them up at the front of their mines, make them vicious and use them to defend their land. And when the mines dried up or they moved on or they died, they just left the dogs, or they killed the dogs and left Hmm. or people trying to break into the claims would kill the dogs also like i
1: was gonna say these poor it's, dogs it's just not just... much of a defense it's just oh let's shoot those dogs that
0: are tied to the entrance. yeah pretty much so not a good place to have dogs plus it's the desert these dogs are not having good lives no. poor babies but it's thought that a lot of those dogs are still there guarding the canyon
1: so, so, so- like we've got like a an angry collective of dog spirits all yes. masked up and i like that idea
0: yes yeah. So I've got a couple of stories here that I'll just read because they're not super long. So this one is from the Shadowlands website. The witness who has gone to the area. He went with his brother to to complain, (laughs) to uh, investigate the claim.
1: Hey, mom says it's my turn in the gold mine.
0: (laughs) For many years, people have come out of this canyon with tales of sightings and a very few instances terrifying accounts of actually being attacked or chased by these alleged ghost dogs while exploring various different mining or town sites in the area. Curious as to the validity of such tales, my brother and I made the decision to do a little exploring on our own. On the first few excursions, we found nothing as was expected. However, on the last adventure, we stumbled onto what we thought was just another anonymous shaft site. We looked closer at the site. We noticed about an eight but severely weathered chain embedded into the rock wall at the entrance to the shaft. Well, curiosity got the best of both of us, and foolishly, we entered the shaft. There we came upon the bones of what appeared to be a large dog. We decided to camp here as the day was coming slowly to an end, decision that we later would come to regret. The still desert night closed in as we had dinner and relaxed around our small campfire. We heard what we assumed were coyotes yipping and calling off in the distance. The atmosphere became thick and very uneasy. We now felt that we were being watched from a very close distance. What we thought was the nighttime breeze now sounded more like panting or breathing of large dogs in close proximity. Then we heard growling, grating, low, and hateful. The fall of paws on the desert sand now became apparent. They seemed to circle the campsite. We were surrounded. That's when the scratching started. It came from the area where the chain was. That damn chain moved. It seemed to tug away from the rock wall, pulling harder and harder each time. We fumbled for our gear and stumbled to our feet. My brother shone the flashlight at the chain. There were scratch marks on the rocks. There were what appeared to be bloodstains on the wall, seemingly where the unfortunate dog furiously clawed at the chain base in the rock itself. The chain dropped, something brushed against my leg, and I struggled to keep my balance. My brother caught me, and we ran like hell toward the car. The fall of the canine footsteps and wild panting chased us all the way never run faster in my life. On the road heading out of the canyon, we were paced for a good two or three miles, at least by what seemed to be a pack of wild strays. We made it home, and I will never forget the terror of being chased by this pack of spectral hounds. Fun. Yeah. Um, I have another one from the King Sasquatch Paranormal and Cryptozoology blog. King
1: Sasquatch, eh?
0: King Sasquatch.
1: Tell by his bulbous blue ass. Yeah.
0: That's a Sasquatch baboon? What? Mandrel. Yeah, makes sense. Has any of your team members ever heard about the hell dogs of El Dorado Canyon? I think I just seen one. I was with my buddies for a fun weekend at blank redacted.
1: Redacted.
0: Sitting up camp and seeing a ghost dog in our camp. We spent the day on our dirt bikes and off road trucks four wheeling it till about six. While cooking dinner, my buddy Paul said he'd seen a coyote crouching in a defensive stance. My other friends, Helen and Mike, said they hadn't seen a thing and they were next to him. After the hot dogs were done and everybody was fed and watered, we started a campfire to settle down before we went to bed for the day. I'd say it was a quarter after nine when we had all seen a big shadow of a dog on the tent wall. Helen screamed, and when she did, the shadow disappeared. I came home today and looked up this animal, and it says it's called a hell dog of El Dorado Canyon.
1: Somebody there needs to be selling like hot dogs called hell dogs, or they're missing on a, on a huge opportunity.
0: In this very untraveled portion of Nevada.
1: Fuck yeah. Someone's got to live nearby, and they can sell hot dogs. Get on it, Nevada.
0: There's also, uh, this was also from the King Bigfoot website. This is from about the same place on the Colorado River, and this suggestion, it may be more than a ghost. This is posted for my son. About 12 years ago. Is
1: this going to end up like the red ghost, like the ghost camel, like where it's actually just a pack of dogs? I hope
0: so. About 12 years ago, my son and his wife were visiting Redacted, For their third honeymoon. (laughs) They rented an older boat and drifted along, redacted. Around two in the morning, my house
1: phone- I'm just going to, I'm going to replace all of your redacteds with you saying retarded just to bring this full circle. Flowers.
0: (laughs) Around two in the morning, my house phone rang off the hook with my son frantically shouting that he had just seen a mutant dog with a piercing howl attempting to catch a duck. He forwarded the details of a four-foot mangy dog with a terrifying with terrifying overlapping teeth. He said the dog failed to catch ducks and ran off hungry when they shined the flashlight onto the shore. So, are these phantom ghost dogs? Yeah,
1: it doesn't are sound like these- a ghost dog. That sounds like a 100 degree dog, unless that duck was out trying to steal some gold. I
0: mean, that's a real big dog.
1: Like Scrooge McDuck? Was it Scrooge McDuck? Was that the duck? Oh. Trying to steal the gold?
0: Scrooge McDuck wasn't trying to steal gold. He was trying to keep his gold.
1: No, a lot of times he's out treasure hunting to find gold.
0: Well, I don't feel like he was trying to.
1: They would solve a mystery or rewrite history. Ducktails, woo. -woo. I am.
0: Fine. Um, so yeah. All right. Are they dogs? Who knows? And, you know, there's a lot of these little stories where people think they encountered them, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, concrete evidence. So, um.
1: A lot of anecdotal.
0: Sean's always trying to convince me we need to move to Vegas, which is a terrible decision, but if we do, maybe I'll go (laughs) hunting for for hellhounds.
1: As one does. Not
0: Irish hellhounds.
1: When you live in Vegas. Not Irish
0: hellhounds. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm getting messages about my baby. Uh, Oh, He's seeking intent today. (laughs) Because he refuses to nap where he's supposed to nap.
1: So he'll go nap, but not where he's supposed to. That way he gets to maintain control of the situation. Yeah. <laughs> yep, he's a McDonald. <laughs> All right. So, do you have. I know you said that you didn't have. You came into this really vague on a drink idea. We've got stone giants. We've got white giants. We've got hot dogs and hellhounds. Is any of that sparked any. Yeah, idea?
0: I'm going to make a hot dog and Goldschlager. It's going to be like hot dog water and Goldschlager. Shake it.
1: I mean, we do have your uh, bratwurst. Bloody Mary sitting around somewhere on a back burner.
0: Yeah. That's nah. the, that's not what I, I'm going to go with. a. I I do have a drink. Came up with one. All right. So I had faith. Well, you know, God, do God do. So I think I'm going to do, because stone giants I think I'm going to do a stone fruit beverage.
1: They might be stone giants. They
0: might be stone giants. So I think I'm going to just do like some fresh plums. Cause I have an abundance of those at the moment. And I think I'm going to make maybe some, like, thyme syrup, and I'm going to top that off with, like, some dry bubbles, with, like, dry rosé bubbles. That's what I'm thinking. Okay.
1: Are you going to leave the stones in the drink?
0: I hadn't planned on it.
1: Yeah, I'd probably make it bitter.
0: I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure my child ate, like, five plum pits yesterday in his foraging.
1: That's going to be a problem. Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> And I really hope these plums are what I think they are, because they're not in our yard. They're coming over the neighbor's fence. I think they're Mirabelle plums, but I'm not entirely sure. So neither one of us has died yet. Okay. I ate some too, just to make sure we didn't die. Are there poisonous plums? I don't know.
1: Never well, of, I, I've never heard of a poisonous plum.
0: I, I wasn't confident they were a plum at first. I'm like, I'm, Sean was like, what are these? And I put one in my mouth and went, "I well, I think it's some sort of plum.
1: We went up to see the sequoias at Big Tree Park and the ranger told us that the berries, the red berries that were around are poisonous, and they knew that because the bears refused to eat them.
0: Makes sense. Well, you should never eat a red berry unless you're confident No, of course not. (laughs) But a yellow plum, I mean, I feel like that's relatively safe. Well,
1: fruit trees, in the most part, are made to be eaten. Like, that's how they spread. Yeah.
0: They're like cherry-sized yellow plums, so I think they're Mirabels. But, uh, Mm. yeah, so I'm going to do a plum time bubbles. Bubbly bit.
1: Plumbing time, plumbing time, plumbing time,
0: And I'm fine with calling it They Might Be Stone Giants. Oh, all right. Guess it'll have to be a real big glass.
1: <laughs> a punch bowl with a handle.
0: I mean, I'm not above drinking pitchers, so.
1: <laughs>
0: it's happened before, it'll happen again.
1: All right. Um, What should we do next episode?
0: Well, I found a story I want to do, but I don't know what we want the plot there to be.
1: Well, I don't know. Throw out a couple themes, like, or just pick one. I'll find something. I'll give a shit. I'll find anything. Let's do make sick, make stupid. That's right. Boats. Boats. I can do boats. Okay. Boats are easy. Boats and hoes. I can think of three boat ghosts right now.
0: Boats and hoes. I mean, I'm sure there's other good boat ghosts.
1: So we will do boat stories. Am on a boat next episode. That's what we're doing. We're doing a boat. We're doing boats.
0: Boats and hoes.
1: So I guess we should wrap this up unless we've got something else to ramble about.
0: Yeah, I got homework too. do.
1: Right.
0: Well, I don't know why I make these decisions. I don't I know.
1: I know. Things get very complicated over the next few months because school starts and I'm going back to work. I'm only going back to work part time this year and spooky month is coming and Christmas is coming. Theater season starts back up. So I think we'll be able to manage keeping shows coming every two weeks.
0: Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. Only four of you will care anyway, so.
1: Yeah, right? Listenership decreasing by the week. Um, Be sure to check out our show notes. Or don't. Who fucking cares? You know, I put an awful lot of stuff in the uh, last show notes about the Missing 411 stuff, like links to stories and more information. Also, you'll find links to other ways to listen to our podcast in case whatever you're doing right now is not sufficient for you. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. That's on you. Check out our website. I did recently redo the website. I'm not 100% sold on it.
0: Oh yeah, I'm supposed to look at that.
1: Yeah. Problem is I keep redoing various websites that I'm in control of and I'm redoing them for desktop view and then I go to phone view and it's like pretty much the exact same as it ever looked.
0: Yeah, I should probably finish my website for my side gig that I don't have time to do right now. Yeah. I'm going to make some Plum Wine account or something.
1: That's right. I did put up a new shirt in case anyone missed that. I was trying to ride the OnlyFans debacle and made an Only Phantoms shirt. If anyone's interested in that, I think it'll be good for Halloween. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I I need to do some more shirts. Because mm-hmm. I'm starting to forget ideas
0: that I had. You're going to have to like go back and listen to our episodes. I know. Fuck.
1: Nobody wants to listen to those. <sighs> Actually, I've had quite a few listens this week for our back catalog. <laughs> more so than uh, our current episode. Interesting. Um, I did... I haven't been putting the episode up on YouTube for a while because the editor that I used for that broke in a way. I couldn't get the program to fix itself. Like I uninstalled it and reinstalled it and it still didn't fly. But I did figure out on my other editor how to make that same format of video fly. So I am slowly piecing those together. So those will all start showing up on YouTube
0: again. One of these days I'm buying a new computer that works. So that'll be exciting.
1: You've been poked. And then you got smooch? Yep. A poke and a smooch? A poke and a smooch. I love you. Poking at a smooch. Poking at a smooch and a... From some Dagger in the back. Anyway, enough of that rant. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on, like I said, YouTube. You can find us. You can find us. You can probably yeah, find us yet. under a
0: bridge. <laughs> <laughs> we got some shirts. I,
1: I left stickers all up and down I-5 a couple weeks ago, so... I guess I didn't warn you to like just bring a pack of logo stickers with you, because I was just leaving them at every rest stop that I stopped in. No,
0: um, I had some in my purse, but I always forget about them. Yeah. All right.
1: That's that. Please drink responsibly and in accordance with your local laws.
0: Don't end up our next ghost.
1: Or our next hellhound. Or our next stone giant.
0: You can be our next hellhound, because I'm that white girl that will go up to you and rub your cheeks. <laughs> Rescue <laughs> yeah. you take you. Who's a good hellhound? Who's a, who's who's a who good Take out? you to get a puppuccino. Sean's going to ask why we have a yard full of hellhounds. It's going to be a whole thing. All right. Theo wandered in. He's like hellhounds? Puppuccino? Uh-huh. Puppuccino?
1: Oh, well, now you're in trouble. He
0: doesn't even know what that is. No. Uh, okay. oh, never been to the start, but
1: ooh, there ooh, he is. Hi, Theo. gotta say goodbye to everybody, because when we don't say goodbye to everyone, then I don't have any place to like edit the show at the end, and it just goes on forever and ever and ever.
0: Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> so,
1: Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Say bye Theo.
0: Bye. Bye-bye.
1: Say goodnight, Theo. Good
0: night, Theo.
1: There we are. <laughs> bye. Musical.
0: Musical.